We are joined right now by a former NFL offensive lineman. He is an analyst for CBS Sports, Westwood One, and Odyssey, host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Of course, a good friend of the program. I'm talking about Ross Tucker, my man. Where are you right now, and how are you feeling the morning after, Ross? Um, my voice is a little bit dicey after a, a week on Radio Row and Super Bowl, but feeling great, man. As long as we have a good competitive game, I'm, I'm very, very happy. Obviously, it's just remarkable how many times in recent years, Jim, it feels like we can talk about one play here or one play there that would have been the difference in the game. I mean, man, when I was growing up, in the 80s and the 90s, it was like a blowout every year. I, 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 the kids today have no idea what Super Bowls used to be like, Jim. <laughs> no, Ross, it's so true. I was going to make the point last week that the biggest game of the year generally was the biggest letdown of the year, and it was that way for so long, but not anymore. So when you talk about the game turning on one play, Ross, let me ask you, special teams obviously played a huge role in this one. Did this game turn on that Niners muffed punt? And if so, whose fault was that? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was by far the biggest play of the game. It's just such a swing play, right? I mean, it's not even like a turnover. It's a turnover where you lose 40 yards. They had made a stop of the Chiefs and Mahomes, which is not easy to do. And then to me, you know, I've been in those meetings, Jim, in special teams meetings, right? And, you know, you could argue Ray Ray McLeod, and I'm not trying to kill him. Obviously, he didn't want to do it, but this is pro football. That's his job. Punt returners matter. He made three mistakes in my mind on the same play. I mean, number one, those guys are taught to catch the ball, field the ball, if at all possible. And I don't know if he misjudged it, but he was certainly late to come up on the ball and make the catch. The number two, if you're not going to make the catch, if, it, if you think it's a short punt, any of your guys are, are even close to it, you run up there and say, Peter, Peter, poison, poison, or whatever, and almost, if you have to physically move them out of the way, then you do that. You cannot let the ball hit one of them. And then the one that I don't understand at all, Jim, fall on the ball. I mean, it goes off Luter's foot, and it goes right to Ray Ray McLeod, and he tries to scoop it. And maybe it's because, you know, these guys are just so gifted, Jim, and they've always been able to, you know, scoop a ball up like that and just run with it, but he wasn't going anywhere anyway, like, I was taught when I first started playing football as a Husky sixth grader, <laughs> fall on the ball. Fall on the ball, Tucker. Like, just fall on the ball at that point. Really changed the whole complexion of the game. Ross Tucker joining us. All right, Ross, what about Patrick Mahomes? You posted as much on the X this morning, but so much for this notion that you cannot win a Super Bowl with a quarterback on a big contract. So it would now be a pretty good time for everybody to stop saying that. Yes. And by the way, I'm so fired up about your partnership with X. Can't wait to watch your show. Thanks, over dude. Very much. But, Thank you. Um, yeah, it's going to be awesome. But, um, yeah, well, so what's really funny is now Mahomes has now won it back-to-back years on a huge contract. And, in fact, this year his contract was the single biggest cap hit in the league at $37 million. And then everybody, of course, that evidently has really bad memories replies and says, oh, that sounds like the exception. Sounds like maybe Mahomes is the outlier for everything. Hey, fellas, ladies, whoever is replying to me on X, you know the year before that was Matthew Stafford. 
And, and the year before that, it was Tom Brady. And the year before that, it was Mahomes on a rookie contract. But, yeah, you're the one saying he's the outlier. So it's been four years in a row now, Jim, where it has not been a guy on a rookie contract. So I think we can finally put that to bed. You know, is it ideal to have a star quarterback on a rookie contract like D.J. Stroud or something? Yeah, that'd be great. That, like, good luck. That's what everybody in the whole league trying to do. It's hard to do. You know what's really hard? Winning the Super Bowl without a star quarterback. <laughs> uh, go back and look at the guy. That's really hard. So if you have a star quarterback, you pay that guy, and you find a way to get as good of a team around him as you possibly I mean, look at all the people that are even in these playoff games. Goff is a star quarterback these days. Jordan Love looks like he's going to be a star. Josh Allen is a star. Lamar Jackson's a star. I mean, how many teams are, and, and Brock Purdy, by the way, I thought acquitted himself very well last night. I think he's a star. You need a top 10 guy. I mean, we're, all those guys we're talking about are top 10 quarterbacks. Good luck winning anything without a top 10 quarterback. Ross Tucker joining us. All right, Ross, so what about it? Like, this was the year for the Niners to do it. They had the team. The Chiefs were not what they were during the regular season. It seemed to line up beautifully for San Francisco, and yet they come up short yet again. Where does that leave the Niners going forward? Right, and to our other conversation, you know, sooner rather than later, Purdy's going to want to get paid. So that, that can't happen for at least one more year but they will definitely do it after that one more year because, I mean, after next year, he'll, he'll basically have been the most underpaid player in NFL history with what he's done these first three years, making absolute peanuts compared. I mean, there are guys that make more. Mahomes makes more for a commercial than Brock Purdy made the whole year. I mean, it's unbelievable when you think about it. Um, they're in a bad spot. Uh, they really are they got a very, very talented team, but it's hard. And I think that's why they were so devastated after the game. They know how hard it is to get this far. They've been to whatever it is, four conference championship games in the last five years. They've lost a couple of them, like to the Eagles and the Rams, and they've won a couple and lost in the Super Bowl. They know how hard it is. And that's really where we're at now. Moving forward for the rest of Mahomes' career, Jim, he's now in the in the Brady zone, where like even the young players for the other team, all they know in their mind is Mahomes coming through in these moments. It almost becomes whether it's conscious or subconscious. I'm convinced it becomes like a self fulfilling prophecy, and you can't help but just assume. I mean, the look on Kyle Shanahan's face, the look on everybody's face during that drive in overtime was like they've seen this movie over and over again, and they know how it ends. Exactly the line that I used earlier. Ross, really quickly, give me, and I got about a minute for this. Was it a mistake for the Niners to take the ball instead of deferring in overtime, or frankly, did it not matter? I'm okay with it. I, I've actually done a lot of reading on this. I think you can make an argument either way. Obviously, if you kick and you get the ball second, you have the information advantage, right? Sort of like what we talked about in college football. You know what you need. You can go for it on fourth down, et cetera. But there's going to be a lot of scenarios where both teams kick a field goal or don't score or whatever. I think having that third possession is important. I guess what I would argue is you only kick or defer if you know 
if you get the ball in the second possession, you're going to go for two. If you commit to going for two, then I'm fine with you kicking. Other than that, I'm okay with what the Niners did, and I, I don't think it made that much of a difference. Hmm. Ross, I got a minute. Valentine's Day is Wednesday. Is it too late for the clones to take advantage of my front page story? No, I actually think, Jim, this might be better this way. Because you, you go to myfrontpagestory.com, you make the order, okay? You print it out, put it in an envelope, and then when you hand it to your significant other, you say, honey, I want to do something special this year. I'm having a story written about you right now that they're working on about how special you are and how much I love you. Can you even imagine, Jim, the anticipation for your wife, like every day waiting for that thing to come, that package to come in the mail, framed, beautiful, looks like it's on the cover of the newspaper? That actually might be better than just straight up giving it to him for Valentine's Day. The anticipation every day, well, like my wife would be like, wait, there's a story being written about me? Myfrontpagestory.com might even be better if you get it now as a last-minute gift. I think you're right. Why did we not know that already? Ross Tucker, <laughs> an analyst for CBS Sports, Westwood One, and Odyssey, host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. And there you go, clones. You now have your idea for Valentine's Day. It's not too late. Ross, you're the best. I know you've been going through it. I know you put in the time. I know what that week's like. I just did it myself. Appreciate you, dude. Great job. Of course. Great work all week, Jim. The, uh, the set looked amazing. Ross Tucker. Appreciate you, dude. Ross Tucker.